Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 71 of Bill and Al Talk NFL. It is August 31st, the last day of August. It is Tuesday, which means it is podcast day. We are just nine days away. Nine, count them nine, away from Dak Prescott and the Cowboys taking on Tom Brady, the defending Super Bowl champions at Raymond James Stadium on September the 9th. So we will be getting into it today. We will be beginning with... uh, Obviously, our weekly segment on preseason training camp news and notes. This will be the last edition of it as we begin our normal season format starting next week. I'm really excited about that. It's um, going to be good to get back in the rhythm. We've kind of had to stretch a little bit, what little we bit, talk yeah. about. I mean, Madden ratings, of course, it's in line I with I ended football. up downloading Madden because I have EA Play. Yeah. I played it for literally a half hour and I deleted it. Buns. It's, it's just dog crap. I mean, I. I don't think I would ever spend any money on it. If I, I didn't, I didn't spend a dollar on it. I got yeah. a free trial for ten hours. So. That's the only thing I would do. And and if it was gifted to me, mm, that's exactly. a, that's another way I would accept Madden uh, twenty two. I hope though Madden twenty three is good, but I just have an unfortunate feeling that they're just going to get worse and worse. It's just they're shelling out the same game with less depth. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching this guy. If you want to really check out, you know, he breaks down a lot of Maddens. Soft Drink TV, I think is his name on YouTube. He was breaking them down, and I mean, he he really went through the history. Madden 13 was the last one to have 82 features that are not in Madden yeah, 22. I saw that. I think I watched that same video yeah. last week about it. 82 features for Madden yes. 26. Yeah. The 21 that aren't even in Madden 22 this it's, year. It's it's incredible. It's like you'd think it would get better as time goes on. You'd think they'd flesh out more game modes. They took out stadium building. The team creation where you can make custom logos, custom teams. They took the scouting combine. I, oh, I yeah. went back to Madden 07. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was fun. You could do the bench press. You yeah. know, it's it's like mini games. Yeah. There's more to do than just the gameplay. It's like what 2K does. Or, um, yeah, with the My Player. My Player series. Yeah. yeah. And they, they advertise this, you know, maybe you can play in the college if you do the face of the franchise. Face of the franchise. You get a few drills. For three years. And it is literally the same. It is the worst. It's the most garbage storyline ever. Yeah. The the literally the characters look like you know the people in the face of the franchise. Yeah. The series and the in the cutscenes they look like they were generated in 2011, not 2012. But it's uh, unacceptable. Uh, enough about the the crap Madden game. As we talked about that last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was cut day today. We had some shocking cuts. Definitely, we're going to lead off with, I think, the most shocking cut of yeah. the NFL season, of possibly even the last five seasons. Um, we had some trades. We had some unfortunate injuries. Uh, obviously, in the segment two, we're going to be talking about AFC and NFC mm-hmm. Championship games. We have our Super Bowls. Uh, we will be predicting those next week. And then to close it out, we will be breaking down Hard Knocks, episode number three, before we get to finale tonight. Yeah. It's an it's an episode I really liked. It was Not, a really good one. I've liked the whole um, series, but that so far the best one I think yeah. out of the three. I agree. The, it balanced perfectly the players you know like we're used to seeing on Hard Knocks mm-hmm. with the big names. You had a little bit of everything. You had stars. Yeah. You had the rookies and the undrafted. Mm-hmm. They spotlighted last week. They kept spotlighting yeah. them as they continued to fight for roster spot. Mm-hmm. Another big thing they focused on was the quarterback two job between yeah. Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. We'll get into that when we get to the final segment. But I think we should leave this preseason slash training camps news and notes off with some of the most shocking NFL news that I've heard in a long time. Yep. And it's that the Patriots, they cut former MVP Cam Newton. 
doesn't make much sense to me since you're not you're only paying him like a million is what he was like it was a million but also you name Mac Jones the starter if you want Mac Jones the starter do that and put Cam in the back don't cut him yeah this to me like you said is the most shocking one I couldn't I, believe I got out of I had my first day of yeah. class today and I got out of there and I looked at my phone and I had a bunch of text messages and I had ESPN notifications Twitter mm-hmm. notifications saying Cam Newton released got about a hundred messages scrolling like, through it's so almost I was like wait wait this this can't be it's, it reminded me of Todd media. Gurley when Gurley yeah. got cut by the Rams. Like, right. This one's even more of a punch, though. This Cam Newton, like, you thought he was going to finally excel because he didn't have a bad year. COVID, COVID really, COVID really cost him yeah. in the 2020 season. He, he had a good start. He, um, he played really good in that game on Sunday night against Seattle, and then I believe he got COVID yeah. the next week. And then being benched three or four times in the fourth quarter of blowout losses. Mm-hmm. You know, they got embarrassed on a prime or a 425 game, I think, against the 49ers last year at home. That was a game where he got pulled out for, I believe it was Brian Hoyer was the backup yeah. last year. It's just, it's unfortunate, and I think it unfortunately spells the end for his career. For his career, I, I, I agree, but not because no one wants him, because no one wants him as a starter, and he wants to be a starter. I've heard rumblings that Jerry Jones is going to try to bring him in for a workout. I don't know what they would do with him and Dak Prescott. Maybe yeah. he'd be a nice safety net just in case he gets uh, hurt. Prescott were to re-aggravate the shoulder. That's going to be a big well, concern moving forward the season, I believe. This would this could be good for Cam in the way of let's say someone does go down. He's he's now if you lose somebody week one, week two, week three. Yeah, you know that you have a bona fide veteran, former MVP quarterback that you mm-hmm. can pick up if needed. I think Cam deserves, like I've been saying for the last few years, another shot. Injuries derailed him in the last couple of years in Carolina. He didn't have the best odds. I thought he did, obviously, versus the Eagles, but in this preseason game versus the Eagles week two, I think it was, he was dotting guys. He looked, he looked, he didn't look bad, you know. I thought, you know, Mac Jones would eventually take the starting role from him. But I, I would like to see Cam make a roster and, and stay in the NFL. But um, beyond that, I, I had, uh, I think it was Saturday, Sunday night. I don't know when this happened. I had a feeling, you know, just watching the the Jaguars that Minshew, they, they were ready to move on from him. They weren't giving him much reps. I didn't think they were going to trade him, maybe release him at this. See, they should have flip-flopped these, in my opinion, with the Patriots. Yeah, and traded Cam. Traded Cam somewhere. Released Minshew. Release Minshew. I don't know why Minshew got traded to the Eagles. They named Jalen Hurts QB one yeah. today. Uh, Flacco... Flacco might as well retire because yeah. you know Minshew's going to fit right into that number two slot, unfortunately. For, you know, Joe Flacco, yeah. an illustrious career, he won Super Bowl. He got that giant contract extension after winning the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Yeah. And Joe Flacco really wasn't that star did quarterback. He play, where did he play last year? The Jets? He was on the Broncos. Or no, Broncos he was on the Jets. And Jets. And then the, he was on the Broncos in 2019, Jets in 2020. He and started, now the Eagles. He started that Thursday night game against the Broncos where Brett Ripon started for the uh, Broncos. Yeah. And then, um, Sam Darnold came in and had that run, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunate injury news about J.K. Dobbins yeah. towards ACL on Saturday night. Uh, and a win against the Washington football team. He will be out for the season. So now losing him uh, after losing Mark Ingram in the offseason due to release, it looks like it's going to be the Gus Edwards show. Yeah. And I this, these these injuries are reasons why I did not draft uh-huh. until after the preseason. Hey, the day- I would have drafted J.K. Dobbins with a 6th or 7th round pick. Because that's probably where he was yeah. going in the 10 to 12 team league. He had an ADP in the 70s and 80s. Yep. Uh, at last check, but to lose him 
would just be heartbreaking. The same reason if you drafted uh, if you drafted early and you drafted Cam Akers. Yeah. He was up there even higher than J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Well, um, my dad actually, the day before this happened, drafted Gus Edwards in like the 13th, 14th round. His, his ADP is going to skyrocket hey. in these next couple weeks. My dad got him, and I said, you know, he'll, that's, a, that's a good pick because he'll split loads with Dobbins. Now it's next day, eighty percent his. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes you, you get lucky like that. Obviously, not lucky in the fact that you know J.K. Dobbins is injured, but that's the thing. After a good rookie season. Bro, I mean, we were fantasy is a- crazy, bro. Yes. You lose one player like last year, drafted McCaffrey you first overall. I lost my season. I lost my season. I lost Nick Chubb for a couple weeks. Yeah. But didn't didn't really stop, skip a beat there. He. Uh, not to brag, but I will be defending this championship hey, this season. I'm coming for your spot, Bill. <laughs> uh, some other releases and some other uh, cuts as today. Obviously, it was cut day. John Brown requested a release from the Raiders. They granted it. Uh, very unfortunate circumstances for him. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. What if he goes back to Buffalo? It's really going to be interesting to see what the Vegas Raiders are going to do now. Mm-hmm. It's basically Renfro, Rugs, uh, and then Waller. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what Derek Carr and crew will do. Um, Obviously, having Josh Jacobs in that backfield will really help. Yeah. Um, they picked up Kenyon Drake, I believe, as well. So maybe they'll use Kenyon Drake more as a slot receiver, slot back, scat back kind of a deal. Yep. Um, 49ers cutting Wayne Gallman, who did a decent job last year for the Giants in place of Saquon Barkley. Obviously, that to, to me, reading that doesn't sound like too much of a surprise. It's quite a uh, jammed-up backfield in San Francisco with guys like He'll get Mostert. signed, too. Um, you know Gallman is not there anymore, though, but it, yeah. it's pretty much now going to be the Raheem Mostert show in San Francisco. And then uh, just before we got on the air about an hour ago, uh, I was on uh, Twitter. Adam Schefter said the Lions have cut both kickers. Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez are cut. So it's really going to be interesting to see who's going to be kicking field goals for the Lions this season. We're going to have some uh, Jelani Tavai got cut by the Lions. I saw Jelani well. Tavai, we they just cut, drafted him. Jelani Tavai, he hasn't been living up to expectations. He's a second-round pick. And was that 2019? Yeah. Just a few years ago, the Patricia... Regime. I think that was Patricia's last draft, or second to last draft, pardon me. As I, for, I keep forgetting that he had the yeah. 2020 draft because he was fired halfway or three-quarters of the way through the season. And that draft wasn't horrible, but the one pick that was was Okuda. Because, yeah. I mean, we got Swift in that draft. We got, some I mean, we got Cephas in that draft. Yeah. They cut Perriman, too, yesterday. Brashad Perriman? Yeah. So we, we uh, traded a seventh and hey, a fifth. I'm for, a Ross St. Brown, for though. Some, uh, for some Denver receiver that he was having a great preseason, but obviously, you know, the Bronco running or wide receiver room is just unbeatable with Sutton. Judy so we got we got a Broncos receiver. Yeah, it's, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's Tyrell something, I think. All right, another, like another tie. Yeah, like to fit in with Tyrell Williams. Yeah. All right, so what do we have? Tyrell Williams. But then I I'm really – I was high on Cephas last year when he's I'm coming out. Cephas. This guy. Tyrell, Hawkinson. Um, I believe Fells is back. Uh, you're going to have Jamal Williams catching passes out of the backfield. Not DeAndre much Swift, Swift, I don't think. Swift didn't catch many passes after that. Uh, very, after very he dropped it. drop in week one to, to cost hey. us week one against the Bears. I'm excited for Swift's year too, though. I think he's going to break out. I think he's a thousand yard rush. A lot of people are talking about him. And when when they do a when they do a team preview on the Lions, fantasy wise, they're talking about two players. Obviously Hawkinson. Yeah. Because Hawkinson, as I predicted, I think he's gonna be a top five tight end this year, fantasy wise. But that other guy they're talking about as a dark horse as a sneaky eye is DeAndre Swift. I'm getting him. I'm getting him. I'm thinking Swift, you know, 
the only thing that made me holding back is this team's going to suck. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll come up straight front. But James been, Robinson, 1,000-yard rusher on the worst team. I've been saying it since June. This team's going to absolutely be horrendous this season. And you the think they go all in back, 17? The only thing that's going to hold them back. Oh, no, <laughs> the only thing that's going to hold them back, though, is they're probably going to be down a lot in these games. Big. Yeah. Which is going to take a lot of carries away from DeAndre Swift. So that's going to be the – if we can keep some games close and we can keep the run game in play – Swift has a shot at a thousand yards, especially with that extra game if he'd stay healthy. Yeah. But if we're losing seven out of you know thirteen games that we lose by mm-hmm. fifteen or twenty or more, he's not gonna have more than fifteen carries a game and then he's not gonna hit that plateau. I mean if he gets fifty yards in every game. Fifty times seventeen. Let's do some mental math here. That's about seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred yards right there. So all he has to do is Every game at least fifty, and then a few games where he hits hundred. Seventy, you know, ninety. Yeah, yeah two, I, two, three, four games like that. I think I, when I was projecting Lions, the only good players I was thinking about was Amara out the draft because yeah. I, I actually think that was a steal of the draft. Watching, watching some of the guys on defense play, um, Ifitu, Masilu, Howard. Whatever gosh, we drafted, man. we got some guys that uh, it's gonna be hard to pronounce some of them. Some guys <laughs> names. But uh, Ozarike had a really good preseason mm-hmm. as well, I thought. I hope he can not necessarily be that Damon Harrison, Sue run-stuffer type. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we can get half of that, I'd be happy. We haven't had any um, pass rush. Gonna, this defense is going to be horrible again this year. The only three names that are really going to be big are Okwara Flowers and Okuda, if you really want to watch him, and possibly even Michael Brockers. As we got Michael Brockers in a separate trade, obviously a separate the trade and Stafford trade. But we got him off, I believe, for a seventh rounder right after the draft. Which, you know, honestly is not bad. Because what are we going to use a seventh rounder when we can get a veteran yeah. guy? Like nine, nine out of ten seventh rounders get, seventh rounders get cut. In. Uh, while I was bringing up the Ravens, they did – I think I talked about this in the podcast last week. They won 19 straight preseason games. They won their 20th straight preseason game on Saturday night to finish another preseason undefeated. Your thoughts? Think about it, a 20-game winning streak in preseason. That is weird because most of the preseason is your backups, mm-hmm. which means – I don't think Lamar Jackson got any reps. Probably not. In the preseason. But that means – Obviously, uh, Dobbins did is because Dobbins unfortunately got hurt on Saturday night. Uh-huh. If but, we had a team, though, of all Ravens backups, how well would they do in the NFL? That's a real team? They're under – Hey, they're under who they play. It totally depends on who they play. I think they could take the Jags, the you know, the bottom, the bottom teams, the Jets. six teams in the league, possibly six to ten teams, depending so they, on the offenses. They could sneak in to a wild card spot if. Do you think they could beat Bishop Sycamore? I think they could beat Bishop Sycamore, as you know. Oh man, if you get it, hey, they, they they've got some injuries now with some of those guys. Oh, what a they, story, they, man! If you have not read about Bishop Sycamore. Quote, I'm going to put air quotes around high school because I don't know what they When are. did this news drop? This, this news, in the last day? Uh, they played day? the game, I believe it was Saturday. And I started hearing rumblings about it on Sunday night, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Podcast I listened to, I've referenced it a couple times because Dan Campbell's been on it. Yeah. Part of my take. They were talking a lot about it. Um, driving into school today, driving around, you know, to and from classes and whatnot. Yeah. It was all over local sports radio. Man. You mentioned something. You've pulled up YouTube videos from national radio shows. You're going to read up a little bit. Yeah, Pat McAfee did it, something on it. Insane story. So if you get a free, I mean, I don't know, hour, two hours, six hours, however long you want to spend on this, I recommend it because this is something out of a movie. I mean, 
I'm just going to give you a quick little spoiler alert. I mean, losing playing two games in three days, which is incredible for, you know, even if they're high school players, they're grown-ass yeah. men, whatever they are. It's incredible. Did they win? They they got they lost 55 to nothing. Granted, they played IMG Academy. They lost to 55 to nothing? They played IMG Academy, greatest or probably one of the best high school programs in the country. Those guys, you know how they say student-athletes for yeah. high school and college players? That don't don't play that student athlete crap with me when it comes to IMG Academy. They're 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 athlete students there, I think. Yeah. As they they have uh, they've not have been around long, so they don't really have much, you know, in terms of NFL talent yet. They will probably in the next five. 10 but there'll years be a place you're looking at scouting. Mm-hmm. They could be a Bishop Gorman, you know, some of the schools down in Texas, a mm-hmm. modern day in California type of a school in five ten years. Uh, coach has an arrest warrant. Um, so, they shouldn't even been on ESPN to begin with. How did they get this much support? Because they've got unis, they've got you know Instagram. stadium. Well, Go yeah, fake GoFundMe pages is how they did it. They raised twenty thousand dollars for a school for a school that they threw into a football program that's full of a bunch of twenty and thirty somethings. I don't want to spoil any more of it. We it doesn't make any if sense. If you want to talk about it off air, we can yeah. talk about it off air. I want to let the people be able to read more about this if they haven't. It's crazy. quite a fascinating story. We'll definitely we get a doc. Before, we were talking before uh, we started recording. This could be a Netflix or a 30 for 30 documentary, yeah. I think, in the future. And I think it'll be some compelling, compelling documentary work, whoever decides to pick this up. Well, just because it's it, we don't know everything. Yeah, yet. we don't know all the details yet. We know a lot, but yeah. we don't know the whole cookie. We we got a small piece of the pie. We don't have the whole pie, and just some of the minute details that we have, mm-hmm. it, it's just incredible. You don't know how how did the school get away with this for the small? So, is this their first season? I, I have no, they've changed their name. But I don't want to spoil any more of it. All right, bet. I'll let you do the reading. I'll, I'll do let, it. I'll let our listeners read up a little bit more about it. It's, it's compelling stuff. Maybe we'll do a follow-up segment. We should do a follow-up segment for sure if we do get some dead time here during the football season. but Or even, even next week, maybe we can slide a little bit into it. Uh, but after this quick break, we will be right back with the AFC and NFC Championship predictions. Oh my All right, gosh. we're back here for our second segment of the day, um, as we are going to be doing our championship game previews. Um, I have two versus one matchups in both of my conference championship games. Alex is a little different. I'm going to let you lead off with your AFC championship game. Looks like you have the Browns. I got my three and ones. Both three one. They're both three ones. Yeah, both my uh, games are three ones. The Browns and the Titans, and I kept it simple in my notes, saying the Browns are going to win. And this is for the reason that I feel like I like their defense better. They're gonna have some momentum. Oh, yeah. Last year, when those Brown, when that Browns team won that first playoff game, that's it. Rally, they kicked Pittsburgh. Oh, they did. And Pittsburgh was started that season eleven and zero. Uh-huh. I have no doubt the Titans are going to be in the championship game on the AFC side of things, but I just don't see them making the Super Bowl, and. I, I feel like it's just because, you know, it's the first year with Julio now. Their defense is, I mean, it's good. I like it. But I can barely name any of the names on it. Their defense? Yeah. Well, yeah Bud, Bud Dupree, yeah, they Dupree. just signed. They got Butler still. But, I Jeffrey mean. Jeffrey Simmons. It's like with, with the Browns. Cam would be very disappointed in you that you don't know his defense. I don't know his defense. And if he's <laughs> listening, he's got to educate me. But the Browns defense, I know a ton of names. Takaris McKinley. He's been balling for years. This is going to be his first season with the Browns. Yeah, he was with Atlanta for most of the rest of his career. Jadavion Clowney, now, he was on the Titans last year. 
So he's going to know Seattle, how to stop yeah. that offense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to know, you know, how to come with that pressure. Denzel Ward is – he's on the up. He, he's they look he's very got some good upside. I think – and uh, Grant Delpit's Delpit, finally going to get some play. Ward, you have two boys from the Rams coming yep. in and John Johnson and Troy Hill. Yep. It's going to be a very underrated secondary. That could be a secondary that we're talking about in the same breath as the Bucks and the Bills here if they pick up another piece or two coming yeah. in the next year or two. If, they could be one of the best units. Because if they get to consistently to Super Bowl or AFC Championship game, wherever they end up this season, uh-huh. there are going to be players that are going to want to go. Yeah, Cleveland, I know it's not a great fridge and destination. I hope nobody listening is living in the city of Cleveland, but I've heard the downtown is an absolute dump. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the sports aren't that great. It's it's a cold weather city. You know, nobody yeah. wants it. It's not a destination. It's not Cleveland. LA. It's not Dallas. It's not Miami. The only thing they've got the right now is Machine win, Gun Kelly. Right now, the team's gonna win. They'll get the pieces. Don't worry. Oh yeah. So if they continue the success, they're a piece or two away from a top three secondary. I think right now. This whole team has been building for a couple years. When they first got Odell, everyone was you know saying. All right, well, 2019. Everybody thought you know they were gonna, they were going to win the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. What did they go seven and nine, eight and eight? They Something like that. Playoffs. Last year though, big improvement. The resurgence, the revitalization of Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. has brought this team from the dead to the nostalgia that they had once mm-hmm. ago. Back before there was a Super Bowl, two most dominant teams in the NFL: the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns. They were they have won multiple NFL championships. Yeah. Now we're the laughing stock. Now we're both the laughing. I mean, the Lions still—they're probably always be a laughing stock. But Browns, credit to them—they're back on their way. I don't have them going to the AFC Championship game, unfortunately. But who do you got winning this game? I got the Browns. Yeah, the Browns. And the Browns making their first ever Super Bowl. And I have the Browns making their first ever Super Bowl. I feel like you know, both these defensive units are better units, but and both these offenses are great offenses. Mm-hmm. What takes the edge for me is just the depth. On the Browns side of things, you've got Odell and Jarvis, but then you've got guys like Peoples Jones, who made a big name last year. I feel like when Odell went down, and you, he's a guy you mentioned to me. You know, you're not a Michigan fan, but you even said you got to watch for this guy. I feel like Baker, like you're saying, has really stepped up, and I like Baker more than with, Tanner. A, with a healthy Odell and a healthy Landry. Yeah, if those guys stay healthy. I don't think Peoples Jones is going to be a big of an impact. He'll get in there, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be on the field for 60, 70, 80% of the snaps like he was last season oh. because he was basically a fill-in for Odell Beckham. Uh, you got to watch out for Terrence Hodge this year. He's had a good preseason. Uh-huh. I watched a little bit of their uh, preseason game against the Falcons on Sunday night. Um, Austin Hooper, mm-hmm. he's going to definitely have some things to prove. Big impact, too, because Joku. Yeah, and then Joku, I feel like he's going to feel the pressure to kind of step up, and he, he's he's been and solid. Be but... the next big one-two tight end duo yeah. on a team. Can they be the next grown in Aaron They definitely can be. The best part of both these teams, like I said, though, the defenses are both good, both on the way up. The offenses both on the way up. The best parts of both these teams are their running games. Yep. Derrick Henry on the one side. What what takes the cake for me is Chubb and Chubb Kareem. And, Kareem. Yep. and then Dearness Johnson is the third string. Yeah. Dearness Johnson was the backup back behind Hunt when Chubb tore or sprained his MCL and missed a few mm-hmm. games. I picked Dearness Johnson up in fantasy. I started him for a week. He was all right, but yeah. he had he wasn't great. You know, he wasn't putting uh-huh. up chub numbers, but he was putting up consistent numbers. And if either one of those guys, unfortunately, are able to go down, or you know, they can't play the yeah. seventeen games this year, Dearness Johnson will not let that running game miss a beat. Oh, all right. I uh, I think the Browns are going to win this. That's all I got to say. AFC side, Titans have a great team. This and no doubt, I'm not saying the Titans are bad at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I think the Browns can win it. 
I think the momentum, if they can get to this stage and the hype, they have the team and the superstar. Back in the Super Bowl, bro. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Nick Chubb in a Super Bowl, bro. It would be something different, <laughs> but uh, I will move on to my AFC side of things. I have the Titans, and I have the Chiefs. Two versus one. Uh-huh. Should be a very close and compelling game to watch. Two teams that are so close to making it to the Super Bowl. You know, the AFC Championship, that's the last step you got to take. The Chiefs, they've been here before. They have gone to the last two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. They won Super Bowl 55 in Miami against the 49ers. Great 10-point comeback in the last nine, eight minutes of the fourth quarter. They got absolutely demolished in Tampa last yeah. year against the hometown Bucks. If if the Chiefs receivers could have caught the ball, it would have been a lot closer. And But the Chiefs have a revitalized offensive line. Mm-hmm. You remember correctly, they were missing. Two guys on that left side of the offense. And that's when, uh, I mean, Mahomes had to come back from Mahomes. concussion protocol. Concussion protocol. He was on his backside most of that game. Obviously, you know, JPP, Sue, Vea, Barrett, Monte yeah. David, and crew. They didn't let up. Astros. They did not let up, no. But, um, so the Chiefs are in their third straight AFC, or fourth straight AFC title game. If you want to go back even to uh, all four, if this comes true, Patrick Mahomes, all four years to start, will make the AFC championship game. I think the Titans are going to pull this upset off. They have some history going in there and spoiling the party at Arrowhead Stadium. If you do remember, Alex Smith's last year, I believe, as a starter in 2017, they played that classic wildcard game where Marcus Mariota caught the batted, yeah. caught his own pass for a touchdown, basically. That was sweet. They won that game in Kansas City. I see history repeating himself again. This is going to be one of the biggest wins in Titans franchise history, 34-27. Patrick Mahomes is going to make a very rare mistake with a fumble in the fourth quarter. Tannehill and crew are going to bounce on it. They're going to play an almost perfect game on offense. Tannehill, 275 yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry is going to go insane on this weekend Chiefs defense with 125 and two touchdowns. Mahomes, he's going to have a Mahomes-type game, 350, three touchdowns, but he's going to turn the ball over twice, including that fumble. And that's just not Mahomes. When Mahomes turns the ball over, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the reason why the Titans are going to be a half of my Super Bowl with one of the biggest victories in their franchise's history. If it comes down to Titans-Chiefs, I think Titans take it. Mm-hmm. If it comes down to Browns-Titans, I have to go Browns here. I just I, I would actually go Browns, too, if I had the Browns and the Titans. But we have half of our Super Bowl. Alex has the Browns, I have the Titans. We have the same NFC Championship game. It's just different seeding. Yeah. Go ahead. You have the three-seeded Rams at the one-seeded. It's the Bucks taking this. The Bucks, I mean, they're going to be the best team. Antonio Brown caught a few in their last preseason. You know, he, he's he's been fighting in training camp, whatever. Antonio Brown is not even a starting receiver on this team. He's behind Godwin, Evans. Gronk's going to get the ball before them. When you have an Antonio Brown, and it, it might not be prime Antonio Brown. Well, Scotty Miller. I think of Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson before I think of Antonio Brown. That's, that's what I'm saying. Scotty Miller. When that's how much year. depth you have in your receiver unit, you you, you could put Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman could run this offense. Exactly. He could. If Jameis Winston had this offense. Oh, Jameis Winston would be. Yeah, MVP. We'd, we'd be talking about him as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history if he had this offense. I mean, yeah. also if he had the Lasix Here's why I, – I mean, I'm saying it again. Tom Brady's going to win MVP this year. He's going to put up insane numbers. And what it's reminding me more and more of and why I want to make even more of a case for Tom Brady's MVP is when Peyton Manning won his last MVP, 
He came out week one versus, I believe, the Falcons that year. I don't – maybe it was the Ravens. The Ravens. It was, it was a first touchdown game. game. It was like seven yeah. – six, seven touchdowns. Six touchdown game, I remember. Julius that. Thomas came on the map. Yep. That's the yep. year Manning, Manning won MVP. You're going to see that, but you're going to see it against the Cowboys. You're going to see, see Brady come out and throw six, seven touchdowns in week one because two factors. Cowboys have a horrible secondary. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Atrocious. Trayvon Diggs, who we'll talk about in Hard Knocks uh, review – is the only name worth mentioning there. Mm-hmm. So I think Brady comes out week one and destroys them. And I think even though you'll be going against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and arguably the best defense in the NFL this year, behind the Bucs, I'd say, mm-hmm. with some of the biggest names on that Rams defense, I think the Bucs still get it done. They have too many weapons. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, their third string running back, is incredible. I think Rojo's going to have a game. I think this year – Or that's still their team. I think – I think playoff Lenny's going to reemerge this uh, year too, and um, I think the Bucks are going to go on to the Super Bowl. Meaning, I'm going to have Browns Bucks. Who would have thought we got that Super Bowl four or five years ago? Weird. The Browns, 0 and 16 at one point. Yeah, the Bucks in the bottom ago. half. The, the eight Bucks and eight. The mid. Jameis Winston. Before that, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. And before, before that, that, who knows? They had John Gruden. That Josh Freeman. <laughs> Josh Freeman. I remember that guy. Wow, was he bad. He was horrible. All right, I have the same matchup, except I have the two-seated Rams and the one-seated Bucks. This is going to be a great nightcap. If you do remember, they do flip-flop the AFC yep. and NFC Championship games. For time-wise, we had the NFC Championship game on early last year, which means we had a flip-flop. So the NFC title game will be the nightcap in this season. It's Brady versus Steph for the first time at a big stage. Obviously, I think this will be their flip Third or fourth meeting against each other. They I met think. on Thanksgiving one year. Yeah, I think I think we Brady, met when we I beat think up two one. Yeah, as uh, Stafford won. I think Patricia's first game for the Lions was against them. Um, but the Rams are unfortunately going to fall short. I got the Bucks too. It's going to be close. 30, uh, 30, 41-38, offensive shootout. I'm um, thinking a game-winning field goal is going to determine this game from the uh, Bucks 40-yard field goal. Brady's going to have an amazing game, 360 yards, no turnovers, four touchdowns, really not even touched throughout the whole game as uh, the offensive line the Bucks have is going to just keep Aaron Donald in bay. And if uh, Brady has all the time in the world to throw the ball, guys like Jalen Ramsey aren't going to even get close to it. Yeah, and that, if you have Jalen Ramsey and he's your only guy, there are five receivers behind Mike exactly. Evans. Who are you gonna, who are you, who's Jalen Ramsey going to Mike Evans. Him? Are you going to shadow him? Is he going to guard everybody? Yeah. He can't guard. You're going to have to clone him before the game. The Bucks defense, they're not going to skip a beat this year. Yeah, they're going to give up a couple points on offense, but Stafford's going to get sacked five times. We're going to see Detroit Lions Stafford in this game, I think. Turnovers. Three turnovers. He's going to keep fighting until the end like nine, nine always does, like he always did for the Lions. Uh, maybe another year of gelling with this team will get him to the promised land, but yeah. we will not see back-to-back years where the home team's going to host the Super Bowl. I got the Bucks winning this game 41-38, which is going to set up my Super Bowl to be the Bucks versus the Titans at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Yeah. So we will obviously have our Super Bowl extravaganza next week in episode number 72. We will break down key players, uh, score predictions, winner, MVP, all that fun stuff like we did last year. But uh, we're going to get into this last segment of the day today. It is the Hard Knocks episode number three review. Alex, what did you think about Hard Knocks? I know we talked about it in the intro. Yeah. We both think this was the best Hard Knocks episode of the year so far. Opens, we don't know what we're going to get tonight in the finale, yeah. but this was definitely really good. I thought it was pretty good. 
Jerry Jones segment to start it, I think, or it was somewhere in the earlier segment of the episode. Knew we would get one eventually. Yeah. More of a Jerry backstory Jones, on yeah. Jerry Jones type. It was a cool How montage, too. Team. It was really cool to see him with Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Young Jerry Jones was I wow, that was incredible to see young Jerry Jones. It's just something we're not used to because we didn't grow up in that era. I didn't know that he was trying to get teams to sponsor his or oh, like Pepsi and Pepsi. stuff. Well, he was trying to get Nike and Pepsi to sponsor the Cowboys, but yeah. obviously that started his long lasting feud with uh Roger Dell. Yeah. Which I, I didn't know about that. Which and I it, thought was pretty interesting to learn myself. I think it was an interesting way. To look at things because normally we see from the media's perspective this we're seeing from the cowboys organization uh-huh. we're seeing from jerry himself he's talking about things um and you know you can tell just how bad he wants to win yeah. and, and he really is uh about it he he had to go back i think this was the episode where we saw him take a helicopter right and had to go back oh, and they went guy. Steven for the game yeah he was like man you weren't ready you got to be ready or something he was kind of giving him a hard time but uh, there was this really cool shot in this episode where they brought a drone oh, to the that, whole I like facility. That at the very beginning of the episode, bro, they that was from, like, sweet. Downtown Frisco, yes. Frisco is where the star is. It's not in depth. Yeah. And they took you through the whole facility. On our you, got to see, like, uh, you got to see like numbers like, like it was 12, 33 mm-hmm. from Dorset. Yeah. You got to see all that. Then you go through the facility. You see practice field. You see offices. You see them working. I just thought, man. The way they executed that shot is incredible. I, mean, I can't 13, even imagine. A 13,000-seat indoor practice yeah. stadium. High schools use that to play games. That's yeah. incredible. It's, it's awesome. And then I liked – there was a part when they were practice, practicing in Lightning. Uh-huh. And the player was like, man, in my high school, we would have played through this, man. McCarthy, Martin McCarthy said it, man. There's a lot yeah. of money on this field. We did not <laughs> risk it. I thought that was funny. We got to see Isaac, who was the international Isaac player. Cohen. Yeah. And, and that was awesome to kind of – See that program because we life. we saw at the end of episode two him mentioning with another guy, oh, the was, Austrian guy. yeah, yeah and they were both like, "Yo, it's awesome. We're here. Who would have thought we're here? We're look where we are. Like we made it." And then you know to to see his family and to see you know the support they 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 really believe in him. Uh-huh. And then what was awesome too was the NFL in the first time this year is putting the flag on the back of the really helmet. So I thought it was cool. To wave the Mexican flag on the back of his helmet, which was really cool, I thought. We see Trayvon Diggs and his family. Uh, he FaceTimed Stefan. I did uh, not know. Did you know they were brothers? Yeah. Because I didn't. I knew, I I knew when they got drafted. Stupid. I just must be that stupid because I did not know that. was. He's like, I'm, they were saying it. Uh, Leo Schreiber, the narrator, was yeah. like, he's, gonna call, he's getting a call from a very famous brother, or his very famous NFL player and his brother. And I was thinking, okay, Quandre Diggs? Because I didn't know. I was like, no way, Stefan. Imagine if Quandre was related to. Yeah, I knew I, I knew when he got drafted because that's but he's he's four years behind Stefan, I believe. Yeah. Um he had his son there. I think his mom, you know, they were talking about how his, his their mom has to split between him and Stefan. Uh-huh. Um but his son want, wanted to meet Mahomes. He kept they kept asking, but really he wants to meet Dak. He wants to get his jersey. He's son. thinking that Patrick Mahomes is Dak. Yeah. He's, he was a funny kid, and it was cool to see him throughout the whole it was episode. So cool to see him during the game. Yeah. He's like, Trey, Trey, Trey. There's like 40,000 people in that stadium. It was so funny. And then after the game, you got to see him meet up with his dad, too. Amari Cooper was the coolest part of this episode for me. Seeing the third member of the Dallas trio and finally getting to practice, and see finally him. seeing him. And 
And seeing him in a mentor role teaching I, CD. Yeah, that's really what I liked about it. It was him, CD Lamb, more or less picking his brain. Yeah, he was teaching him the releases, mm -hmm. the technique. Mm -hmm. It was cool to see Amari Cooper now in a veteran role where, yeah. you know, this is finally where Amari Cooper's the number one guy. And, exactly. and he, he missed a lot of last season, maybe even all of it. I can't remember. But another guy I really liked seeing was Jaquan Hardy. He had those goggles. He Eric one Dickerson of his contacts. Yeah, yep. they were flaming his glasses. They were calling him Eric Dickerson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. Some guy said he looked like Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Um, but Zeke was also kind of teaching him. So it's uh -huh. cool to actually see a lot of these young guys who we're kind of rooting for now. And you know, C.D. Lamb, Jaquan Hardy, younger guys at the position, getting taught by the the main guys. Yeah. Same with Dak and Ben DiNucci. We kind of saw that. Then Zeke balled. He looked great, man. Seeing him, too, while he was running, it seemed like he was working on the ball control. Where I, It seemed like he was holding that ball tight. I want to see him have a good year. I think he's going to have a great year. We also got to see a really cool segment about the mail room. I thought that was um, cool. And it was about, you know. Fourth generation. Yeah. Fourth, fourth generation. Jonathan, Jonathan Jackson is his name. Uh, but to see that it was a generational job and how important it was to him and a Important to his family was awesome. Um, him and Dak are also close friends. They they played card games, but Dak kicked him off his team. Went with Zeke. Put him with, put him with Parsons, right? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. We see we've seen Mark Michael Parsons playing a lot of games. Yeah, Chess. He played with yeah the Chess team. card games. One, I think. Yeah, he's been all over the place. Um, it made me wonder: Do they be do the to the producers set these things up like, all right, Michael Parsons, you're going to be a hit. You're gonna you're gonna be in the scene yeah. playing chess. You know, so maybe Micah Parsons was in there just, just, just for that publicity yeah. and just, just for the show, because you got to think. Then moving on to the game, Dan Quinn, he had COVID protocol. He got, he had to miss the game, so just minutes. I think it was 50 minutes to, um, to kick off. They, they pulled him and and brought another guy, another coach, position coach. I think, coach, yeah. yeah, he he had to run it. And then uh, Trayvon Dung, Trayvon Diggs' son at the game. Awesome to see that. Like you it was said. awesome to also see um, El Caron's family, his, yeah. dad, his brother, his mom, his dad. It, it was cool how they coupled it with um, the intensity of the game. So mm -hmm. as they were driving, you saw his family like, okay, all right. It kind of hyped me up. Seeing his family, seeing their emotion mm -hmm. made me like really invest in the game. Yeah. It's cool to see this perspective rather than just watching highlights or watching a preseason game mm -hmm. is seeing the families of the players and seeing the players we care about. In a in a setting like that, that's really all I gotta say. Um, as I'll, I'll leave it to you now. Uh, that, I thought that was also cool. Going back to Jonathan Jackson being in the mailroom, he's actually the parking lot attendant. Yeah. On game day, you know, you saw I think it was Amari Cooper pulled up in that yeah. nice white Lamborghini. He was yeah. like checking off Amari Cooper's name. I was like, dang. Zeke pulled up. He was like, we're still friends, right? He's like, yeah, we still friends. <laughs> uh, I thought that it was really good that they um, started off the episode. Um, you know, with rookie offensive tackle Isaac Alcaron, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Philbin, former Dolphins coach, is the offensive lineman for the Car uh, for the Cowboys. That's one him. thing I was thinking about, though. How do you feel about the Cowboys coaching staff? I like Philbin, McCarthy, Philbin, McCarthy, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore. Insane. Uh, Aiden Duarte, yeah. the uh, D-line coach. They've got a really good they coaching staff. Uh, talking about the game against the Cardinals where he had 12 minuses and one mental error. Mm -hmm. uh, the coaches obviously want your, you know, they want you to perform better, but especially if you're fighting for your, you know, your life basically yeah. on the back end of the roster. Uh, the team was back home for the final two preseason games, obviously after spending the first two weeks out in Oxnard, California. 
that drone shot of the star was just incredible. That that was so cool to watch. Uh, I'm just gonna guess that the Cowboy fans are basically like the only fans in the NFL that like Jerry Jones because he puts I, on for that. City. I can't stand the guy. No, no, no. Uh, it was really cool to see Al Caron. He's from Mexico. Obviously, started playing football at 15. Part of the international pathway started by the NFL. Playing in Monterey, Mexico. Uh, obviously, Monterey, the north of Mexico, very nice people and whatnot. Uh, brought up the uh, Trayvon Diggs being brothers, obviously, with yep. Stefan. Uh, Mom likes to split times watching both her boys' plays. Uh, looks get both ske- She gets both schedules, basically sees what city she wants to go yeah. to. I and thought that was a cool way to do it. She goes to, which is I thought pretty cool. Uh, Mark Cooper obviously cleared uh, to practice after that offseason ankle surgery. Did he miss all the season, or how many games did he miss? He missed – I think he played the whole season pretty much, and then he had the surgery in the offseason. Oh. Um, I felt like I didn't hear much from him last year, but that's yeah, obviously because really, it was Dalton. Yeah, once once Prescott went out, there wasn't much other than Zeke's fumble issues. You didn't hear much out of that Cowboy offense. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Uh, players had to, you know, obviously move practice indoors due to that storm. Mike McCarthy saying there's a lot of money on this field. We can't risk with lightning and whatnot. Watching Omari Cooper runs routes is just so sweet. Helps in the mentorship. CD Lamb picking his brain and whatnot. Uh, learning a lot about releases, steps, and whatnot. Yep. Um, Jaquan Hardy, I thought that was a really fun story to look through. Yeah. Uh, lost contact in that second game against the Cardinals. He didn't want to leave the game. He had the contact line on his visor. The our running back coach is like, man, you, you got to come out of this game. You know, he, they were watching film and whatnot about yeah. it. He's like, you lost the contact. What are you still doing in the game? Zeke and Pollard laughing at him on the bench during yeah. the game saying, hey, man, how do you lose a contact out? You know, they, he came up with the statement, one in one, one, one out. which I thought was one great. One. one in, one out. You know, yeah. the guys had never heard of that, and I thought they, they probably they pretty much made fun of that. He goes back to the goggles that he wore at a small uh, Division II college that he played at. Players and coach calling him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Eric Dickerson, um, Zeke really being a mentor as well. Uh, they ruled out Prescott officially due to uh, air on the side of caution for the preseason. Uh, Zeke was scared of people in costumes in his younger days, which because they were talking about the mascot yeah. and we're not hyping up all the fans and everything for the indoor practice. I thought that was pretty funny to think of. Players getting a lot of fan mail, obviously, with Jonathan Jackson coming back into the picture, uh, especially Dak and CD. Uh, Jonathan Jackson's like, it seems like all I do is just Zach, or the Dak, CD, Dak, CD, Dak, CD. Yeah. Did I say that 10 times fast? Wow, that was incredible. Uh, Jerry Jones and his crew flying on a private jet, obviously, because he's Jerry, he's Jerry Jones, Jones. And he has all the money in the world, according to Jerry Jones. Uh, the battle for quarterback two was on in Houston. Cooper Rush played half one. Ben DiNucci played at half number two. Obviously, you mentioned Dan Quinn getting placed on the COVID uh, list about 50 minutes before the game. Joe Witt Jr., the safety coach, calls the defense in his absence. Uh, Aiden Duarte did not like the way his D-line was playing in the first half. Mike McCarthy wanted more juice on the sidelines. Uh, DiNucci really didn't have that great in the game. He threw two interceptions, Horrible. including the one sealed deal. Uh, Al Caron has three pancake blocks, which really got his family excited. Uh, Azur Kamara had a really good fourth quarter, I thought. Da- uh, Demarcus Lawrence helping him on the sideline in between the series. And it was unfortunate that Jaquan Hardy really did have a tough uh, game in the backfield. We will see which guys, because I haven't looked at any of the Cowboys cuts, no. just not to spoil it. I have not seen which Cowboys got cut. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight at 10 o'clock uh, or whenever we decide to watch it. Hard Knocks season finale. It's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Danucci didn't play well. Hardy didn't play well. I think Danucci has unfortunately lost that quarterback two spot. I think it's Cooper's rushes. I, I agree. Or do they sign Cam Newton? Be interesting to see. If they sign Cam Newton, Danucci's not even on that team. He might he might be like he may practice, practice squad. squad or whoever whoever that quarterback two would be. 
Yeah, and push back on the practice squad. But uh, anything else before uh, we wrap this thing up today? Just really thought it was interesting to see the mentorship. Mm-hmm. Like you even mentioned now, Lawrence with Kamara on the defensive side of the ball. All these guys we've seen in the veteran role, that's what I think is really unique about this. Whereas last year, we just saw the young guys and we saw the old guys. And there was there was an obvious distinction. You saw the Jack boys were their unit. You saw Donald and Ramsey. But then you, this year, you get the mix between new guys like Micah Parsons playing card games with Dak. Or, you know, guys like CeeDee Lamb, who's entering second year learning from Amari Cooper, Kamara, someone fighting for a spot, learning from Lawrence, who's been there for a while, you know? I just think that's the most interesting part so far to me is the blend between new and old and how the bridge feels better this year. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up here for episode number 71, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are on any podcast platform where you get your podcast next week or two days away. It's going to be crazy. Incredible. I'm so excited. What's going on for episode number 72? Uh, I believe we're sort of returning. Are we, We're doing a prediction, right, of the first fu- week with the five Usually games? Usually what we do is uh, we'll, obviously we'll do Cowboys Bucks, we'll yeah. do Lions Niners, uh, we'll do the Packers-Saints will be the game of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will do the Bears and Rams is Sunday night, and I believe the Ravens and Raiders is Monday night football next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll do those five games. We will do the Hard Knocks episode four review, and we'll do our Super Bowl extravaganza. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you at this time next week. Have a good week, guys.